0: Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by Bridgeway Community Church. It's Real
1: Talk with Dr. David Anderson. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. Guess what we're going to talk about today? The N-word. Come on, let's go.
2: Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, an expert on race, religion, and relationships Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open 888 432 7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge building voice in the nation's
1: capital. That's me. Your bridge building voice right here in the nation's capital, trying to build a bridge over those divides and things that cause us, uh, you know, problems and dissension. And oftentimes, even in our own minds with opinions, we're not quite sure what side uh, we're on. Sometimes you even end up arguing with yourself. Well, guess what? It's Tough Topic Tuesday, and we've got a doozy for you. Uh, Tony side kicking it with me uh, today. How's it going, Tony?
2: We're talking about what?
1: We're talking about the N-word.
2: I thought we were talking about something. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing great. It's Tough Topic Tuesday, so I'm here ready to do it.
1: Who can say it? Who can't? Why you want to? That's what we're talking about today. And so you think I ought to open in prayer? I surely think I should. And so let's go ahead and talk to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you that you tell us we can guard our mouths and our speech. And we pray, Lord, that you help us to communicate well and help us to learn today as well. In Jesus' name, we commit this show to you. Amen and amen. Amen. Uh, there are a few ways you can get a hold of me. You can always go to Andersonspeaks.com. That's Andersonspeaks.com, or go to Embrace Gracism dot com where you can learn more about what racism actually means that's racism with a g in front of it. the g stands for God. put him in front of any problem see he'll give you the strength to get through it and the solution to it but today we're talking about The N word right here on W.A.V.A. 105.1 FM, the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast out of Arlington, Virginia, covering all of the DMV. Of course, if you're on the socials, you can see me and Tony in your camera there at Anderson Speaks is my handle. Why are we talking about this word today? Well, maybe you've heard of the Joe Rogan controversy. He is a podcaster. Tell us about who he is, Tony.
2: Well, there's a couple of controversies to talk about right now with Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan uh, has been a podcaster for more than a decade. Mm. Um, He's recently gotten in some hot water with his content provider, Spotify. Spotify paid him about $100 million to be the exclusive platform on which you can hear the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, Just about a week or two ago, he was in some hot water about having some folks on his podcast Spreading what many feel to be misinformation around COVID-19 and vaccines and the such. Well, over the weekend, or just last week, a video began circulating on social media. A compilation video of Joe Rogan using the N-word, and I mean the whole word, Mm -hmm. um, more than 20 times in the course of his 12-year podcast. Uh, Rogan was forced to go on Instagram Saturday. And issue an apology. It's about a, I guess, a five-six minute video.
1: Would you um, say he was forced to? Or he chose to because he wanted to.
2: Well, I think it's six of one, half dozen of the other. I mm-hmm. mean, he maybe he wanted to, but I think he also knew he had to. He had to. He had to address it,
1: especially when you have a hundred million dollar contract hanging in the balance, right? Eight 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 four three two seven four three four. The N-word. You know what the word is. That's kind of how we refer to it, the N-word. You know, I have some uh, Filipino friends that says, we never use it. We, we use a different word. to substitute to call it ninjas. You know, so <laughs> like, what's up, my ninja? <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, okay. That's, I guess that's fine, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, who can say it? Who can't? Why is it an issue? And why is there so much money wrapped around this? I think Spotify is starting to lose some folk along the way, too, aren't they?
2: Well, some artists have Uh, come along and said that they will not allow their music to be on Spotify as long as Joe Rogan's podcast is there and and he's spreading COVID misinformation. And now, you know, we see uh, his use of the N-word pretty prevalent over the past 12 years. So they're losing some artists and they're probably losing a certain amount of listeners as a result as well.
1: Hmm. Well, I uh, did appreciate the apology. Actually, I thought it was well thought through. It wasn't just Um, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, and if you're offended, uh, you know, hopefully I can do better. It really did, in my opinion, have some weightiness to it, like he had thought through what the power of the word means and and things of that sort. But I think what's most difficult for my white brothers and sisters, Tony, is that they wonder why can other people say it and they can't. And I think there can be some confusion around this because you have, um, you know, rappers using – the word regularly, uh, and then you even have white rappers using the word. And so oftentimes my everyday white brothers and sisters who I love, uh, probably some of them are thinking, well, is this just out of bounds for me, but it's in bounds for everybody else? And is that okay? Is that fair? So I think that that does create an opportunity for us to have conversation on why that is, because if we don't talk about it. Uh, remember, I always say comprehension begins with conversation. If We don't talk about it. We're going to talk about it anyway. We're just not going to talk about it with people that might help us to understand a different perspective. And then we'll be in an echo chamber of the same people saying the same thing. And so I this is why we brought it as a topic uh, today. Um, Tony, bring us up to speed with uh, how can I ask the question? What it's? is the n word cuz a lot of people may not even know the root of of that. You want to give a shot at that? Take a shot at that? You are trying to get me in trouble. Well, now. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, because it, I'm I'm going to be a white I'm going to be a white guy and I'm going to be a white guy at an elementary school level, where I know nothing really about cultural competence, racial reconciliation. I'm really green when it comes to this and and so I know it's a bad word, but I just don't know why. It's a bad word, and now you're talking to your child, uh, eight, nine, ten years old, and they want to know, but, but why, Daddy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did I just call well, you Daddy?
2: Um, <laughs> if you, if you have children listening right now, it might be a good time to maybe change the channel. I don't know, <laughs> right. but the N word is a euphemism for a much more powerful and loaded word um, that is, in many ways. Unique and distinct to America. And the word is nigger. Now. You said it once. I said it once. We're not going to say it anymore. No, right. won't say it again. Now, I used an A at the end. Oh, you There's did? Okay, that's good. also the that's hard good. E-R. Right. Which is
1: sort of the more... Um, Traditional use. N-I-G-G-E-R. Exactly. is harsh, and it has a context to it that actually means something very negative for Negroid people, for exactly. Negroes, for black people. It was used as a term then that was launched against them as mm-hmm. if they were really, really bad people. It is a racial slur. Right. It right. is
2: a dehumanizing word born out of chattel slavery, race-based chattel slavery here in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, that word has evolved over time. Um, we have seen that word used uh, and, and in many ways, I think, kind of co-opted and commandeered by people of color um, to be used as a term of endearment, a, a greeting, um anything other than the pejorative definition in so its in a essence.
1: sense uh what black people did is they took the name that was launched against them and weaponized against them they flipped the s- flipped the script so that then they could take an aspect of the word to say no it's not pejorative it's actually something that is a familial or uh, loving, or connecting, or uh, something like that. Exactly. They flip exactly. the square. So yeah, there you go. It's kind of like you say I'm a bad boy, and you mean it in the worst sense. And uh, you can change that word "bad" to actually mean "good." Good. Yeah, like you know, the the clothes you're wearing
3: are bad. Right. Right. Exactly.
2: Now the word is is extremely prevalent in American culture. Today, largely due to hip-hop and rap music, Mm -hmm. hip-hop and rap um, constitutes the overwhelming majority of music consumed in America. And the majority of people consuming hip-hop and rap music is white. The majority of people that consume it are white. Are white, Mm -hmm. according to the the, the most recent statistics available. Um, Now, hip-hop began as a black art form. It still is, but it's consumed more and more by white consumers, and they are hearing that word in the music
1: all the time. So do I have to bleep myself when I'm singing the music? Well, friends, we want to know about you. Who can say it? Who can't? What do you think about it? How do you feel about this topic? Do you feel strongly about it? Do you accept Joe Rogan's apology? Do you have these conversations in your multicultural relationships? Give me a call, 888-432-7434.
2: Hey, Rebecca, have your kids gotten their vaccine yet? No, not yet, Dr. Evans. I'm not sure it's safe for them. You have two teenagers and a four-year-old, right? Yeah, 13 and 15. Perfect. The vaccines are totally safe for kids 5 to 17. The CDC and FDA have approved them. But kids don't
4: really get COVID, right? Or if they do, it's mild.
2: No, more and more kids are getting COVID, and if they're not vaccinated, they could wind up in the hospital or with some bad long-term complications. Really? Oh, yeah. Your child is more at risk for short-term and long-term health issues from a COVID infection than a vaccine.
4: Wow, I didn't know that. What about boosters for my kids? Should they get those too?
2: Yes, but no sooner than five months after their second dose of the vaccine.
4: Can my four-year-old get a vaccine?
2: No, not yet. It's just for kids 5 to 17 years of age. Thanks, Doc. I
5: appreciate the info.
2: Anytime. That's what I'm here for. Prince George's County, get vaccinated and get your booster shot so we can all be proud to be protected.
6: When asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla de answered in one of her essays like this: I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. Formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to ogs.edu today and apply, or call 1 800
5: 933 6188.
1: Hi, Jewel. This is Dr. Anderson. How are you?
4: Hi, Dr. Anderson, and hello to your guests. First, I want to thank you for Best Buy Waterproofing. Oh. <laughs> they are outstanding. Yeah, and mm. I'm scheduled to get my work done in a week, but I just want to thank you for the pre-home inspection. They came mm. out. Love it, it was just absolutely
5: amazing.
1: They have over 30 years of experience, and they'll even donate $500 to my show if you end up doing business with them. But most of all, get your basement fixed. Give him a call. 844-980-3707. That's 844-980-3707. Fine. Before
4: the water rises.
2: Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's INSPIRE to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
1: That's me, Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Got Tony Pennyside kicking it with me uh, today, and uh, he is also one of the producers of. Of the show, good researcher, as well, and we're talking on this tough topic Tuesday about the n word that's right the n word uh who can say it who can't why should you say it not say it uh you know and uh we, You got the proper—I wouldn't even want to say proper spelling of it—but for Negro people, the pejorative term "nigger" has been weaponized and used against them for many, many years uh, in in this country. And then, Tony, you were saying that um, you know it moved to uh, to a term of endearment that people would say, like "you're my boy," you know. Whereas it used to be in slavery. You called a black man a boy. He never had a title until uncle. Right. So you never called him mister or a doctor or a reverend. He was boy. You didn't call him by his first name. He was boy. And yet we turn that word over and say, yeah, this is my boy. But you don't mean it in that same way, in a pejorative way. But if somebody, a white man said to a black man, boy, get over here, uh, that rings all kind of racial bells in his mind, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. Um, and and you saw post slavery and 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 post reconstruction black families naming their sons um with with names that carried a tremendous amount of weight so you saw black families naming their sons things like major colonel mhm um things that were were more honorific than they were names, but they wanted to be sure, no, when you call my son's name, you were going to call him something that carries some weight and respect and dignity, mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, Tom, hey, whatever, Right? you know, this was going to carry some weight. But we, hey, we have a N N-word. Exactly. Yeah. And so we have this incredible ability as a people, meaning people of color, to take a word like the N-word which carries with it such power and pain and use it amongst each other in a way that is sort of a term of endearment,
1: is um, something that's just almost like my brother. Right, and whether we should or should not, I do think that that is a, a question for the African American community. I'm sure we're going to hear from some of our callers or not, but that's almost like an internal kind of ethnic group conversation, but the, the conversation we're having today because of the Joe Rogan controversy around it, uh, is more not uh, more or less not about black people saying it to one another affectionately but white people having the freedom the right uh to be able to say it and that that's what that's what uh, trips up a lot of my white brothers and sisters why can't everybody else use it but me what's up with that
2: right it's the it's the n-word double standard and
1: i understand it um i can
2: i can understand the frustration but at the same time, I'm of two minds of
1: this, first of all. Well, that's because you're half white, exactly. half black. <laughs> but exactly. But you got one mind, Tony. Come and,
2: on. and Right. The double-minded <laughs> man is yeah, unstable, and all unstable his ways. in all his ways. Right. But you can say whatever you want to say. It's a free country. You can say it. There will be consequences, though, for you more than likely if you use it out of context and out of relationship.
1: Yeah, or or even Joe Roganson, most of the time he was quoting it being being said, but it's often not what you do, it's how other people uh, feel about what you do. In other words, it hits differently. So if you know you're doing something that hits differently, you know you're doing something that has a negative effect on other people, the best thing to do would be to to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I've given you the number. I'm going to give it one more time, and then we're going right to the phone lines, and we'll kick it off in Columbia, Maryland. Here's Mm -hmm. the number, 888-432-7434. All right, Anonymous is in Columbia, Maryland. How are you doing, Anonymous? Frustrated. Frustrated, okay. Talk to me.
4: Yes. So let me me ask you a question. He's a public figure. He has a show, very well-known. You're going to tell me that he's, like you were saying earlier, this ignorant white child that doesn't know something. No, he's out in public. He hears a lot of different things. This apology is malarkey.
3: Mm, malarkey.
4: It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Easy. It's, I mean, at what point, at what time do we like him on the hand and say it's not okay? You know, what if, and with all due respect, when somebody says, hey, what's up, my end? What if you go back and say, what's up, Spick? What's up, Cracker? Well, we're not going to use Okay,
1: thank you. Appreciate that. Exactly.
4: Uh, That's not uh-huh. good.
1: Uh-huh. Yep, gotcha. Okay, bye. Uh, thank you. So we don't want to say those words on the air. But right, Spanish people don't have a word. Uh, Chinese people have a word. You know, you don't want to say pejorative, racial words to white people. So it's it's kind of. Kind of the same thing. But if a Hispanic person said to a Hispanic person that word mm-hmm. that was pejorative, but they saw it as affectionate, mm-hmm. then it doesn't hit the same way. Right. It doesn't hit the same
2: way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know a word is bad when you won't say the whole word in public, and you're just going to say the N-word. Right. And so we can't necessarily have these um, – equivalencies because there really is no other word like it in it, the english language
1: it's got its own uh weaponization to it and but here's my thing tony and again I, I don't know uh joe rogan so i'm not trying to be negative about him so let's go beyond him if someone is using that word pretty regularly on air does it feel logical then to believe that they probably use it off air of course you cannot tell me that joe rogan used that
2: word as often as he did on air but never used it off air in a pejorative way even in a fit of anger or frustration Um, and again we don't sure know that. that he did we don't know but it's logical to assume that joe rogan is quick to point out that he has black friends which is usually the first go-to when you're trying to i'm not himself. a racist and i have black friends i have friends, Even if you have to say, I'm not a racist, you've probably said something pretty racist. But he, he, he hangs with Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and, you know, all these other black comedians who use the word freely. Right. Um And so he may feel, especially when like he's in. with them, that he has carte blanche to use it maybe i don't know Mm. maybe he never uses it around them maybe he tried it once and they checked him
1: you never know know. i'd like to ask him one day and one of these days maybe he'll have me on uh on on uh his podcast or tony get him on on here that we can talk about it because i did appreciate the level of weight he did put into the apology all right let's go to arlington virginia and talk to michael who's on the line hi michael it's dr anderson how are you i'm good how you
7: doing today (laughs)
1: Uh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging with me, friend. What are you thinking?
7: I'm thinking um, like Joe Rogan. Well, I think like an apology period when people apologize. After that, you only apologize if you feel you did something wrong. But if they, but if someone is making you apologize and you really don't mean it, but if they would have never came to him and said you have to apologize, I'm sure he wouldn't do it.
1: So you think he was forced to apologize because of Spotify the hundred million dollar contract, and if nobody ever put that video out, uh this wouldn't even be a conversation right now with regard to him.
7: Of course, a hundred million dollars will make you do a lot of things <laughs> you don't want to do and make you you know i mean you could be like sincere about it and everything, but if the video would never came out, that's what a lot of people every time they use that word and if they're not of uh, 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 black. They always apologize after the video come out. Apologize when you do something, when you feel like you did something wrong, and apologize it without no one seeing the video.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and this is how uh, <laughs> this is how Ahmaud Arbery's uh, death got some accountability because a video came out, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, same with uh, Trayvon Martin, so on and so forth. When a video comes out, you're right. It does cause uh, people to. Get held accountable. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate the call. Hey, listen, I'm going to run to my break when I get back. I'm going to Reston and Woodbridge and DC and Ellicott City and Silver Spring. I'm coming to you wherever you are. I have an open line if you want to get in now while you can. The number is 888 Bridge. Tony Penny's hanging out with me today as uh, my sidekick and killing it as always with his research and his comments. And so we're talking today, if you're just joining us, about the N word. Who can say it? you can't This is real talk. With Dr. David Anderson.
8: Do you have a leaky faucet, a running toilet, lights that don't work, or worse yet, a heating and air conditioning system that's been ignored for years? It's time to take some action and go to aactionhomeservices.com. Licensed in Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. with a 100% satisfaction guarantee.
4: You know what you could do? You could add onto your house an extra room and fill it
5: with white, fluffy sand that feels like the beach. Pump in seagull sounds, paint waves on the walls, and cute little sand crabs.
8: Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many WAVA listeners, is the cash-out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a beach room could be very cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage.
9: We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing.
2: UMC Mortgage Company, Melbourne, New York. Animalist number consumer Animalisconsumeraccess.org. And we refinance. Total we'll refinancing charges may be higher for life of loan.
0: here 105.1 FM WAVA wherever you are on our mobile app or on iHeart. Tune in and now on Radio.com. Everyone deserves a good story. That's why Family Fiction is devoted to compiling and celebrating Christian stories of all kinds with a newsletter, digital magazine, and updates. Find it all at FamilyFiction.com. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store.
8: So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Which means, our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage.
0: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park, Rumble, New York Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to Analyst Consumer Access.org, corporate Analyst December 1330, Equal Housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
1: Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Got Tony Pennyside kicking it with me today, one of the producers of the show, and we're glad to be hanging out with you on this Tough Topic Tuesday. We're in the second half of the show, and we're talking about the tough topic of the N-word. Tony? It is a tough topic, isn't it? It is. It's
2: it's a thorny subject. It's a word with a lot of complicated history and um, complicated feelings around it. But, you know, it's not a word that has a universal understanding of whether or not to use it. So, for example, um, there's conversation within the black community about, about whether or not that's a legitimate word that should be used. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like everybody in the black community uses it every day. Right. Um, there are a lot of people across generations that don't feel it's a word that should be used by
1: anyone ever at any time Mm
2: -hmm. right and so we're having that conversation that's that's not something that we're you know we're completely in agreement on we are having the conversation but um i i the idea that well some people can say it and some people can't i don't think that's i think that misses the point you can say what you want to say but you do have to have context you do have to have relationship and i think the other question is why do you feel like you want to say it
1: Got it. Teresa's on the line from Reston, Virginia. Let's see what she has to say. Hello, Teresa. It's Dr. Anderson. How are you?
4: Hi, Dr. Anderson. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging with us. What are you thinking?
4: Okay. I have just a couple of comments. First of all, I want want to say to our white brothers and sisters, you cannot use the name. Mm -hmm. Just don't use it. For African-Americans, and I'm African-American, when we use it, if it's used it's in a whole different context when uh white america uses that word that word our ancestors were brought here dehumanized treated as animals based on that word so if african americans we use a word that someone just called called in and use a derogatory term of white America, it doesn't hit the same way, because this country was built on our ancestors being beaten, bruised, lynched, based on that, well, basically like an animal. So white America, you can't use the word. That's all I want to say, and I listen to you guys all the time. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for hanging with us today, Ms. Uh Teresa, and Uh sharing your view on this one. Uh, Let's go to Johnny in Woodbridge, Virginia. Hello, Johnny. It's Dr. Anderson. How are you?
3: How you doing, Dr. Anderson? Oh, I'm alive Hello, and grateful.
1: In. Thank you.
3: Hello, listening audience. Um, it's, all, it's all about, uh, of course, we always know it's freedom of speech, and people can say what they want. Right. But it's, it's, it's delivery, timing, and uh, your audience as well. Right. I mean, he's comfortable saying that on air, so he's only saying what's coming out. So we do the knowledge is power. If we look up actually what that word means, a lot of people who use that are acting like what the word means. It's ignorance, mm-hmm. an ignorant person. Right. Now, I'm going to give you a quick analogy. Okay. I'm 55 years old now. Okay. Thank the Lord. Now, back in my heyday, uh, after I left college and things like that, I was delivering pianos uh, with a, a delightful German guy, Gordon Keller Music in Alexandria. and. Uh, we, uh, I was the point man on the truck, and we got lost in West Virginia. Oh, Lord. So we were looking for an address, and we was getting late. Okay. And we, it was the last piano. I was like, man, we got to deliver Get these out. people. It's getting close to Christmas time. So I saw a firehouse. I said, stop there. Friendly place, let's ask for directions. They can, they can point us in. I went. I rang the bell at the firehouse. The Both bay doors was open, and I didn't hear anything. So I heard chatter from around the corner. So I said, well, you know. They're behind the. They're on the side. You know, I went around there. Sure enough, it was three firemen washing the truck. I saw a police car. An older police car. Uh, uh, I think he was a, like a sergeant or something. Police sergeant. Okay. I saw the. Just a minute left. Lieutenant. Okay, a lieutenant. Uh, uh, well, anyway, long story short, there was a police chief there. I mean, police and, and uh, the chief of the fire people there. I asked. And I, said, I said, "Hello." I said, "Hello, gentlemen." I'm lost, can I can I get directions from you guys to so this address I have a piano. Now, they didn't use the word nigger. I mean, excuse me. Yeah. The don't he,
1: don't, yeah, the N word. That's good. Thank you.
3: I, I apologize for that. He you yeah. know what he said? And that resonated the same way. He said, Boy, do I look like an information booth. Mm. So it's the delivery and the uh your intent. Right. As well. Now I don't use the word.
1: Well, you just I mean did, I got
3: don't? away from it. <laughs> Am I using it? Just, he just when, when he said boy, it resonated right, right, right. far more. I mean, just like down south. If you go someplace down yeah. south, they can use boy and it's just and it cuts right. deeper than the word.
1: It does, right. Hey, Johnny, I got to keep rolling. Thanks for sharing the story, though, okay? All right, all right Doc. Uh, blessings to you. And, you know, the point is it hits a certain way and that's probably why people ought to know uh, how it hits and, and what it means. Not just the right to use it, but the impact uh, that it has. You know, that Ephesians 4 says that we ought to uh, say things that benefits the listener. Mm-hmm. And I think that the wholesome things should come out of our mouth. And part of that wholesome is not the exact words you use, but how those words are received. Uh, and so that is probably worth uh, remembering, Ephesians 4.29. Going to run to the break because we have to. When we get back, we're coming right back. To the phone line we're talking if you're just getting into this hot conversation with us it's tough topic tuesday we're talking about the n-word
10: mm.
1: who can say it who can't and uh don't say it on the air maybe let's just go with ninja ninja there it is we'll be right
11: back
7: Hey,
2: have you gotten your COVID vaccine yet?
6: Uh, no, I'm not sure about how safe that is.
2: Really? All of the COVID vaccines are safe, effective, and approved by the CDC
6: and the FDA. Yeah, but I already had COVID. I should be safe. Not necessarily.
2: Even if you've had it, you can still get COVID again.
6: Okay, but I think I'll just wait a while and see what happens long-term to people who took the vaccine. They, They rushed that too fast for me.
2: I know it seems that way, but they really weren't rushed. They've gone through robust trials with all kinds of people, and over 200 million Americans have taken the
6: vaccine. It's safe. Well, what about infertility? I heard the vaccine can cause you not to be able to have children.
2: Not true. There's absolutely no evidence that the COVID-19 vaccine can cause infertility. You'll be fine.
6: Well, you've convinced me. Let's go get my vaccine.
2: Prince George's County, get vaccinated and get your booster shot so we can all be proud to be protected.
1: five one six forty nine sixty seven that's two four zero five one six forty nine sixty seven ask for the owner Fidel and tell him that Dr. Anderson
6: real talk with Dr. David Anderson is not just an insightful radio talk show but also a conversation that encourages listeners to engage in higher levels of understanding here's what people are saying about the show
4: Dr. Anderson, I've been listening to you for a couple years now, and I just wanted to call in and say Amen and Hallelujah. You are on the mark.
10: I listen to you um, very much, and it's good. It's very, very good to hear your refreshing voice on the radio. You are not afraid to take any topic. Uh, you are very humble,
9: and um, it's, it just gives us comfort.
4: I love the radio station. My favorite
5: is Marriage Mondays. Even though I'm married, it's okay. I love it. I love
9: the advice. I listen to it all the time. I have my notifications on. I was on the show once upon a time. Um, So I just love the advice and just the biblical sound and just stuff that he says on here. It's amazing to listen to.
4: He's such an inspiration because not only does he impact the um, local area, but his message is so powerful that it
6: deserves to go on a broader spectrum comprehension begins with conversation is not just a phrase it's a reality join the conversation at real talk with dr david anderson
1: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. So an author wrote uh, about this, and he was at a forum where somebody uh, who was white asked him, um, why can't they use the N-word? What's his name, Tony?
2: His name is Tanahasi Coates. He is a, um, uh, an author from Baltimore, lives in New York right now, best-selling author of uh, fiction and nonfiction and comic books as well. So, he-
1: Let's hear what he said.
9: I don't know what to do when I hear my friends using this word in a song. I don't know what to do when it's just—it's all the time. Mm. Words don't have meaning without context, okay? Um, my wife refers to me as honey. That's accepted and okay between us. If we were walking down the street together and a strange woman referred to me as honey, <laughs> that wouldn't be acceptable. The understanding is I have some sort of relationship with my wife. Hopefully, I have no relationship with this strange woman. It's the same thing with words within the African-American community, or within any community. Uh, My wife, with her girlfriend, who used the word bitch, I do not join in. I don't, you know, say, hey, I want to... I don't do that. I don't do that. And perhaps more importantly, I don't have a desire to do it. You understand? I had a, you know, a good friend who used to have this um, cabin in upstate New York, which he referred to as the white trash cabin. He was white. I would never refer to that cabin. I would never tell him I'm coming to your white trash cabin. <laughs> I just wouldn't do that. I, and and I, You know what I mean? I think you understand why I wouldn't do it. The question one must ask is why so many white people have difficulty extending things that are basic laws you know, of how human beings interact to black people. And I think I know why. <laughs> um, when you're white in this country, you're taught that everything belongs to you. You think you had a right to everything. You had a right to go with you. I mean, you're conditioned this way. It's not, you know, because you, you know, your hair is a texture or your skin is light. It's the fact that the laws and the culture tell you this. You got to go where you want to go, do what you want to do, be however, and people just got to accommodate themselves to you. So here comes this word that, you know, you feel like you invented, and now somebody will tell you how to use the word that you invented, you know?
1: So that whole idea of not being able to say a word and feeling like... I have a right to do it anyway, I think that's what he's going after. But his whole point is context. So while one, uh, his wife might say, honey, somebody else probably shouldn't. So what does that feel like when you don't feel like you can use any word you want to? Does it feel like somehow you're being uh, uh, discriminated against, you know?
2: No, I I think that it is... um an incredible form of respect to take it upon yourself to say, you know what, I'm not going to use that word. If they want to use that word, that's fine. I'm not going to use it It's that about word. them, but it's not. It's but, about them, it's not about
1: me. A, a, an incredible form of respect to yeah. say, I am not going to use any word that I know would be hurtful mm-hmm. to another person.
2: Even if that same word is used in the opposite way, amongst that particular group of people
1: which takes me back to our show last week where we now have a football team called the commanders right but the person who finally made the decision to change the name of that team did not want to change it and said he wasn't going to change it said he would never change it and you could put that in all caps Um, when they came for his wallet never came real quick and so we get really we, we get really upset about cancel culture, but is it really cancel culture or is it accountability and all of a sudden when Joe Rogan uh, has a hundred million dollar contract hanging in the balance and Spotify is starting to lose other other uh, supporters, then you come out with um, an apology or you change the name uh, that was hurting uh, a group of people Native Americans, so you moved from what they were to now what they are. I think the way you put it is good. It's an incredible amount and form of respect. Well, let's see what Antoinette's talking about. She's in Washington, D.C. Hi, Antoinette. How are you?
5: I'm doing fine, and how are you? Doing well. I need you to speak up,
1: or are you on a speaker or something?
5: Okay. Dr. Anderson, can you hear me now?
1: Okay, much better. Thank you. Now we can all hear you.
5: Oh okay um I'm going to make this short and brief. I have a book called Black Genocide. Okay, the book uh, the book the world has been waiting for by Daniel Z Baker. And um he had um written this book. Ah, oh, and um he said a lot of things here like uh, considering that black people they virtually they built America, mm-hmm. okay, and in, the, in in the economy, okay? But the, the thing is, he wrote something that really st- struck me, uh, and, and he said it's called um, uh, making an ne- in uh, a kit, a Negro kit. Okay. okay. And it says that, uh, long story short, oh, my God, according to both a wild horse and a natural end are dangerous, even if captured, for they will seek their freedom, and in doing so, they might kill you in your sleep. You mm-hmm. can't rest while sleeping, okay? And said they are dangerous.
1: And uh, So oh this whole idea of black people, thank you very much, ma'am. Uh, black people being dangerous, and that has been something that has always been uh, taught in, in, from slavery through civil rights, if you're criminal, dangerous. Got it. Thank you so much. Let's go to Lawrence, who's in Ellicott City, Maryland. Hi, Lawrence. It's Dr. Anderson. How are you?
11: Dr. Anderson, I am fantastic. How are you?
1: Alive and grateful. It's a, it's a hot topic, isn't it?
11: A hot topic. I'm over here. It's sizzling over here, Dr. Anderson. <laughs> well, thanks for waiting, brother. Hey, and, uh, hey n- n- my pleasure. My pleasure. And I really um, appreciate what you and, and Tony and some of the other callers said. Hey, I just had a couple of quick points. First off, for me, the word is unacceptable by anyone, period. I, I come mm-hmm. from a school of thought that words mean something. Words have value. There's a reason why there are words that we use as affirmations. We get up and we call ourselves beautiful. We call mm-hmm. ourselves strong, brilliant. Mm-hmm. This word is a word that from its inception was created to be destructive. Yeah. And I think that for me as a, as a Black American, um, this word is not something that I am teaching my children. Mm-hmm. My parents did not allow me to say it or to use or to listen to music that had that. So, yeah, I, good I up, parenting. The, I, I, I sure did. I, you know, I, I remember growing up, the, they wouldn't play that word on the radio. Now it's on, on the radio stations, on censors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is unacceptable. And, and you know, it's really sad about it to me. It, it seems like it's almost a, there's a conditioning where it is um, – almost made for black Americans to want to maintain the exclusive right to racially denigrate each other. And themselves. Mm. I will not do that Mm. for my children or my family. It is unacceptable. And last thing I want to say is, you know, I I could see this being uh, as far as it relates to Joe Rogan, you know, Joe Rogan's had his his show on the air for a long time. Honestly, I would, the way this appears to me is that it's, it's almost as if there's some other group that is trying to use this as an attack to get black people riled up to try to bring down joe rogan because this mm. campaign has been going on joe rogan for the last couple of weeks now so it doesn't gotcha. seem to me to be something fully legit but that's all i want to say hey, well, for taking i, my call I for appreciate
1: getting. your your thoughts on it thank you so much for holding on friends we're coming right back uh, to the last uh few minutes where we're gonna land this plane
8: I've been teaching my sweet 86-year-old grandma how to use her Alexa. The other day, I'm overhanging out, and I see grandma about four inches from Alexa yelling, Hey, Alexa, I'm making cookies. Tell me when it's 10 minutes. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and the reality is the mortgage world has changed from old school to new school as well. In the old days, you usually use somebody local, but today, you don't have to be local to be local. You don't have to set up an appointment to see me. You'll have my cell and you can text or call me anytime. The Stone Age paperwork of old is now, usually just some easy clicks. And if you're refinancing, in most cases, we'll just send a notary to your home for your closing. The level of attention that we bring will make us feel very local for you.
4: We are United, United Faith Mortgage.
8: Mortgage. And one other advantage?
4: Read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at UnitedFaithMortgage.com.
2: UMC Mortgage Company, Melbourne, New York. Animalist number 1330. AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. And refinance. Total refinancing charge may be higher for life
0: of loan.
4: This Valentine's Day, bless God's heart by giving homes to the homeless. Sarah was living in the corner of an open-air parking garage. Today, she lives in one of Streetlight's homes and would like to share how housing has changed her life. I met a couple who told me about street life. I was welcomed with so much love, so much kindness. I wasn't judged because of my situation. Homelessness doesn't have a face, it can happen to anyone. And through the love and kindness that street life shared with me, I actually not only have a family, but I have a home in one of the street houses. Streetlight's goal is to increase housing capacity by building Hope Center, an apartment complex offering efficiency apartments and supportive services for disabled and homeless adults. Visit thestreetlight.org to make a one-time donation or become a monthly sponsor. That's thestreetlight.org.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie of In Beginning recommends a new book by Dr. Tony Evans called Divine Disruption. If you've lost a loved one recently or you yourself are suffering, this book is really going to be an encouragement to you because this is a book that is honest, it's biblical, it's hopeful, it's encouraging. So it, it kind of fires in every cylinder. Again, the title is Divine Disruption by Pastor Tony Evans and his children. Yours for a gift of any amount at harvest.org. This just in, death, destruction and violence Film at 11 Come
2: on, is all the news really bad? How about some good news in your daily routine? You'll
0: find it when you log on to Christianity.com They've got great devotionals, terrific Bible study tools, quizzes and links to the day's most inspiring stories from around the web
2: Get good news every day when you set your homepage to Christianity.com Make a difference in your internet life Christianity.com
1: Where else can you have a topic like this in a Christian circle I tell you what Tony Penny this is a tough one man we had to really think about are we going to have this conversation and I think it's one of those ones you have to have you're not being divisive by talking about the n-word what you're doing is really having a conversation about uh, whether it is acceptable or not acceptable uh, if for all people uh, Lawrence from Ellicott City says the word is unacceptable period um, the idea of it's just taking the word and and, uh, sort of uh, popularizing it in such a way that it just denigrates, uh, people are denigrating themselves. What do you think about that? I don't know that that's
2: necessarily the case. I understand that sentiment. Um, My parents grew up in segregation, um, and they heard that word from white people in a way that was much different than the way they said it amongst each other, Mm -hmm. amongst family members and friends. So they understood both sides. They understood that if it, if that word came out of a white mouth, it meant something completely different than if they said it to their brother or sister or cousin or what have
1: you. Mm, interesting. Well, you know, the idea of lifting one another up, one of the f- sayings of a graces, there are seven sayings. Of a gracious, get the book "Gracism" or go online, embracegracism.com dot These are much more honoring words. I will lift you up as one. I will honor you. I will consider you. They're better promises. They're more positive. And so, uh, Lawrence, I do get your point as well. Let's see if we can get Larry uh, real quick in Silver Spring, Maryland. Hey, Larry, it's Doctor Anderson. How you doing? Hey, Doctor
10: Anderson. Anderson and Tony. I'm coming through. Yep, Great. you're coming through. What are you thinking? Okay. Hey, I'll, I'll try to make this real quick. Uh, I moved out into Prince George's County with my family back in about 1965 at Capitol Heights. And uh, my first exposure to that word was when I was chased home by a group of white teenagers. That's what they called me.
5: Mm-hmm.
10: Years later, I joined the police department and, uh, in Prince George's County, and I also heard that word within the county as, as well from the officers, they said it on the radio or they used another term, mm. like a, cold, uh, a note of cold. So that's been my exposure. Mm. The thing I wanted to say is, what is so attractive about that word that white people want to say it to a black person with no consequences?
1: Mm. So why do you even want to say it? Is it just because other people can say yeah. it? Is that what you're thinking?
10: <laughs> I don't know. Or you know e- it makes yeah. me wonder about that. But yeah, my experience has been negative with with that word, so I, I'm definitely against uh, folks using it.
2: And that's totally understandable. And and again, there are people from a certain generation who. Their only experience has been the negative experience. But you have a lot of younger people coming up now who don't understand and know the history of the word and the power of the word because they hear it in the music that they listen to and in the movies that they watch. Quentin Tarantino's movie, Django Unchained, used the word 110 times in the course of that film. Um, So it's, it's become almost... And and no no pun intended, it's become sort of white noise in a way
1: um, for a lot of people because it's just always there. And unfortunately, mm. I think it's always going to be there. Well, we sure don't like uh, where it came from, and we sure don't want to return there. And so uh, thinking about the N-word and uh, even me growing up and fighting over that word, I think that – what we're learning today from my show is whether black people say it or don't say it, my white brothers and sisters, like Tony said, as a form of respect, just go ahead and resist saying it, and life will be a whole lot better for all of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity you gave us to have the conversation. There's so much more conversation to have, but uh, the time has run out, and we just pray that you give us wisdom in all the words that we use, that we might be Ephesians 4.29 users of language language